Welcome to Relevant Live with Pastor Chris Sarno, a weekly podcast from Relevant Church in Daytona Beach, Florida. We pray that this message inspires hope, help, and healing in your life. And as always, welcome home. Hey, you know, tonight, I just want to take a minute. I want you to take your notepad out. Get your notepad out. Get your phone out. Take some notes. This message is going to bless you, man. I'm telling you, listen to me. You ready for this? This message is going to bless you. Now, take notes. You're going to need this sermon. If you don't need it right now, there's going to be a day in life you need this sermon. Glory be to God. I want to talk to you tonight about inviting God into my difficult situations, inviting God into my difficulties, inviting God into your life. I don't, you know, you could, you could kind of tag it anywhere you want to tag it, but I want to talk to you about this. Inviting God into my life. Amen. I'm going to ask you, I want to kind of challenge you a little bit tonight on this. Most of the time, you know, we kind of get this feeling like, God, get me out of it. You know, in this time, I've been kind of, you know, it's funny. I was kidding with somebody the other day. I said, I said, you know, I, 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 we were on righteousness when before everything kind of got a little wild, you know. And I was like, man, you guys need to know you're righteous. But how many of you know right now you need to know this? You need to know how do I get out of the mess I'm in? Glory to God. Amen. So I wanted to just come to you with something that I felt would really help you in this season you're in. Sometimes we pray, God, get me out of this challenge. God, get me out out of this situation. God, get me out of this trouble. God, get me out of these financial setbacks. And there's nothing wrong with trying to get out of it. But here's the question I have. Sometimes the key isn't getting you out of it. It's getting God into it. Amen. A lot of times in life, I think we say, God, get me out of it. But here's my question. I got a new prayer for you, but saying new prayer. New prayer is God, get into it. Amen. I think so many times as Christians, we try to get out, right? Like, get me out of this financial mess or get me out of this problem or get me out of this situation or get me out of this circumstance. But how many ask this? God, get into this thing. Amen. Come on into this prayer. There's nothing wrong with any of this, but here's the key. God, get me out is a great prayer. But how about this? God, come into this trouble. Come into this opposition. Come into this circumstance. Come into this. How about this? Instead of you got this marriage that's in trouble, instead of saying, God, get me out of it, how about you say, come on, somebody said, amen. This quarantine might be working on your marriage skills. Amen. Can I get an amen? Can, can I get an amen? Hallelujah. I got one loud amen. That's all I got. <laughs> you ain't safe at home. You can't. You know what? You used to never be safe in the church because you'd be sitting next to your spouse. Now you're not safe at all because now you're trapped with your spouse. Amen. There ain't no way to get out of it. So praise be to God. You can't get away from them. Glory to God. But how about God come into this marriage? Or how about God come into this financial situation? How about we start inviting God in? I thought of this. God, get me out. But how about we start praying, God, come into this thing? Amen. What's more powerful? What's more powerful than God coming into it and transforming it from the inside out? So many times in life, we just want God to get us out of things like get me out of this. And I don't know about you, but I've noticed that God doesn't just come in sometimes and just yank me out of seasons of life. Sometimes God wants me to navigate with him in the moments of life. I don't know about you, but sometimes it's a little bit uncomfortable when I'm in the position where, hey, God, get me out of this thing, when maybe my prayer needs to start being, hey, God, get into this thing. So tonight we're going to look at this. I think it's good. When God comes in, he's going to do some stuff in this thing. You're waiting for God to bring you out, 
while God is waiting for you to invite him in. Amen? How about we start making that our prayer? Why don't we start inviting God in to our situation? Here's a good thing, I think. If God doesn't get you out, then invite him in. Not just making that your prayer, but making that your position of faith. Amen? How about that? We start making that not just a prayer declaration, but a statement of our faith. God, come on in. I'm inviting you in. You know, I think of 2 Corinthians 12 eight, and I got it in the Amplified Bible. And y'all know this. this is, I've given you the scripture, I think, probably about 100 times by now. But I really like it, you know. I think it really helps you see something here. Uh, Paul said this. He said, three times I called upon the Lord, and I besought him about this and begged him that it might depart from me. But he said unto me, my grace, my favor, my loving kindness and mercy is enough for you, sufficient against any danger and enables you to bear the trouble manfully. For my strength and my power are made perfect, fulfilled and completed and shown themselves most effective in your weakness. Therefore, I will all the more gladly glory in my weakness and infirmities that the strength and power of Christ, the Messiah, may rest, yes, may pitch a tent over and dwell upon me. So, for Christ's sake, I am well pleased to take pleasure in my infirmities, insults, hardships, persecutions, perplexities, distresses. For when I am weak in my human strength, then I am truly strong and able, powerful and divine strength. Man, that'll preach right there, won't it? Amen. Think of this. Paul wanted the situation to change. He prayed. He said, Jesus, can you come in here and get rid of it? And Jesus said, no, my grace is sufficient. What does that mean? That means what Jesus was trying to get Paul to understand is this, that I can come into your situation in life and make you more powerful than what you're facing. Now, I want you to think about something. What's a better testimony for God just to take the things out of your life that are bothering you? or to come into your life while you're walking through the hardships of life and showing you how to walk in grace. Guys, I want you to know there's grace for the place. Write that down. Whatever season of life you're in, there's a grace for the place. That's God's ability in you, allowing you and me to do what we could not do by ourselves. There's grace for the place. There's grace for the season of life you're in. The key is we just got to tap into it. So instead of us trying to do maybe like the Paul prayer, man, I got this problem. Can you get rid of the problem? We might be hearing the same thing God said. You know, when I first read this many years ago, I said, well, now God's not answering prayers. What am I going to do? I got news for you, right? Is it funny? He said, I said, God, geez, give me a break. He prayed three times and three times you don't answer the guy. He's like, no, I'm not just going to. Did you see that? He, he prayed three times to get God. How, here's my question. Maybe you're praying about something God's not going to get you out of. Maybe God wants you to invite him in. Here's my question. What have I been praying for God to get me out of, but instead I need to start praying, God, get into it? Come on, right? Ain't that good news? Now, I know none of you are liking me right now, but it's okay. You're on the internet. You could just heart me. Give me that angry emoji. I don't care. I can't see it. Amen. Because <laughs> I'm here preaching. Amen. So if you give me an angry emoji, get over it. But isn't it true? But I really want to talk to you because I love you and I really want you to get this. I'm going to let you live through my pain. Okay? So learn from my pain. Okay? This is what a good pastor does. He lets you learn. Mentorship is you don't have to spend the time or money 
that it cost me, so I'm going to help you in life, okay? So there was things in my life that I was like, God, make it go away. Some of you don't know. I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor Chris. The demon-possessed guy, you got to go back to work that works in the cubicle next to you that they so happily move right next to you. You prayed for six months and fasted. He still ain't left the company. Okay, that person. Remember when you remember when you thought, "Oh, he's so cute," and well, now you got him, honey. Praise be to the Lord. How's that working out? No, I'm being serious. There's certain things in life, like, "Oh, I thought this was gonna marriage is gonna be a big honeymoon." Okay, the honeymoon wore off. Now we gotta have reality and responsibility. So now we gotta navigate. You don't know what I'm talking about? How about that business you started? Oh, yay! We're in business. We we yay! Okay, now you got bills. Come on, somebody. Oh, yay! Now we got this. How about that little baby? Rock a bye, baby. Baby's 40 and still needs money. Come on. Think about what I'm saying. I'm talking about things you're trying to pray away. You might have to start praying. God, come into this marriage. Come into my finances. Come into my situation. Come into my life. How about some of you, some of these thoughts? God, come into my mind. Renew my mind. Help me. Get here. I think we need to stop maybe praying things go away and start praying, God, I invite you in. That's a great prayer, guys, because some things don't just change. If you're only focused on God bringing you out, then you're going to be disappointed because God doesn't do things on your timetable. That's painful. Okay, now you get that, like, right, isn't that true? If you're only focused on God bringing you out, what happens when it doesn't change? You get mad because you're not on God's timetable. You don't know what you're learning in this season of life you're in, and everybody's in a season of life hopefully learning something. Sometimes it's taking longer than we thought, but when you ask God to come in, you can rest assured. God, I know you're right here with me. You're ordering my steps, and at the right time, you'll get me where I'm supposed to be. Look at Psalms 37, 23. This is the truth. Sooner or later, it comes down to trusting God, guys. You know this, but it's important, right? So what's my number one prayer? Pray it away, pray it away, pray it away. No, it's our new prayer. God, come on in. God, come on in. God, come on in. Can you think about this right now? Just reflect upon a moment when you prayed, God, I want, I wish my life could change right now. Right? But here's the news I got for you. What if God comes into your situation right now? If you really think about that, that is so powerful because maybe I'm in seasons of life, God wants to come in, and I'm just trying to get out. Listen to this in Psalm 37, 23. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And what? And he delighteth in his way. How many of you are delighting in the way? You know, praise be to God. You better let God get in this thing. Right? Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholdeth him with his right hand. Think of this, guys. You don't have to fight everything. You don't have to live upset. You can't go through wringing your hands all night long, staying up all night long, trying to figure out how things are going to happen. You can't stay up trying to worry about stuff. You can't stop this thing sometimes uh, of worrying. If you stay in this mindset, you got to basically keep focused on getting out. Sometimes you just get more miserable. God is waiting for you to ask him to say, come in. You see what I'm saying with that? I, I want to make that clear because I think um, you can almost be scared be, be in a tough spot of this. What I'm saying is you're, you, you're living upset. You're fighting everything. 
You can't sleep at night. You're perplexed about everything because you're only focused about getting out. How do I get out? You know, sometimes life produces pressure and I just want to get out. Sometimes I'm stuck in this season and I want to get out. Sometimes we're in these things and I want to get out. I'm starting to learn more and more and more. How about we just let God in? God, can you come into this situation? God, can you come into this? You know, some, now everybody in this atmosphere has an opportunity to understand this. Like maybe you got a kid that's on a path you don't want him on. And it's frustrating. You're like, God, can you just straight, God, come on in. Come on in and invite him in. You know, I think sometimes, you know, it's kind of funny. You think of this. If you, had, if you had a kid that's on the road that you don't want him to go on, what's our prayer? Oh, God, get him out of there. Oh, God, do all this. And now, God, come right on in right where they're at. Come right on in and invade this moment of life. I think it's just a way to look at it, but it's a great prayer. Look what it says in Psalms 43.1 in the Message Bible. Clear my name, God. Stick up for me against the loveless, immoral people. And look at, I love this prayer. He says what? Get me out of here, away from these lying degenerates, right? <laughs> How many times in life you're like, God, get me out of here. How many got the God, get me out of here prayer? Amen, you know what I'm saying? Like, God, get me out of here. Get me out of this position. Get me out of this circumstance. Get me out of this problem. Get me out of all these messes. And definitely, for sure, get me out of this circumstance. God doesn't just change the circumstances. How about this is a new prayer? God, don't change the circumstances. Change me in the midst of the circumstances. Oh, you don't want to hear me tonight. Come on. You know what I'm saying? Isn't that true? We want the church. Oh, let everything start rotating in the earth just a different way to make me happy. I got news for you. It ain't going to work. God, don't change the circumstances. God, change me. When's the last time you prayed to change me prayer? I'm meddling tonight. You feel it? What do we say? Oh, sister, so-and-so, she's in the the church, and she's a pain. (laughs) You know, you used to miss sister so-and-so, but once we get back to church, she's going to start bugging you again. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Oh, brother, brother, so-and-so or somebody. Isn't that true? Can God teach them to walk in love? How many got that prayer, right, to teach them to walk in love prayer? You ain't got that? Oh, God, I'm telling you right here now, I'm I'm fasting and praying and interceding for my spouse. I'm in deep utterance of intercession and fasting. For what? They need to change. <laughs> right? How many of you fast and pray to change the circumstances? But you know what? Brother Hagin said this all the time. When you fast and pray, it don't change God. It changes you. How about we start figuring out, maybe I need some change. Glory to God. Maybe we need to start figuring out, I need to start walking in love a little bit more. Instead of trying to get everybody else, right? How about this? God, don't change the circumstances, change me. Man, I talked about that last week. Didn't I say that last week? I'm not in charge of what happens. I'm charging my response to what I do to what happens. That's all I'm in charge of. I'm not in charge of what comes. I don't know. You know what tomorrow's going to bring? I don't have an idea. But I know this. Guess what? I know who holds tomorrow. I don't know what tomorrow holds, but I know this. The Word of God doesn't change. Amen? So what's going to happen when tomorrow shows up? I'm going to have to keep myself like you keep yourself. I'm only in control of one thing. How am I going to respond to circumstances? You see it? Circumstances ain't, I can't make sure. How many of you try to live, you ever try to live in a perfect world? You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, if everybody don't rock, if everybody doesn't get up tomorrow and I'm the only person to go through life, it'll be a great day. I got news for you. Everybody else is going to be out there with you. Amen? Right? You're going to find, they're going to find you. 
Right? They find you. I told you I got radar. They'll find me. Amen? <laughs> they, they found us again. <laughs> the nutty people will find you. They, they're on design. When they show up now, I'm just going to say, I'm just going to go, oh, there you are. I was waiting for you. Some nut job showing up about something, and they got you got to You know what I'm talking about. Don't kid around. It's true. You know it's true. Circumstance. How about this? Help me. Help me to not just go through this situation, but help me grow through it. I don't want to just go through it. I want to grow through it. Ooh, you better write that down. That's good. Everybody say it out loud. Help me grow through it. I don't want to just go through it. I need to grow through it. Because I mean, you know, if you don't learn now, this is a test. Remember back in the day? You ain't got that. Some of these, I date myself when I do that. These kids don't even know what you're talking about. Emergency broadcasting, this is a test. I used to be watching cartoons and hate that stupid thing. You know, I'd be like, what is this? Why does it got to come on now? This is a test for your love walk. So if you fail with this one, you're going to have to face it again. Amen? Let me grow. Say, Jesus, let me grow through it. Woo! Some people have been sent on design to aggravate you. Hallelujah. I ain't getting no amens in here. Help me. And that because there ain't no people in here. There's a couple of stragglers in here. I don't want to mention their names, but they ain't amen to me neither. Help me to learn, increase my ability, and let my character come up higher. Whoo, there's a prayer. Who's praying, help my character prayers? You ain't none of you praying that character prayer. So, like, change all these nitwits around me. How many you praying that, right? How many you praying that change everybody around me prayer? I pray that one every day. <laughs> For all of you. <laughs> God, send me a normal church, people. Because <laughs> some of you ain't right. <laughs> I ain't mentioning your name. You ain't here to defend yourself, so praise be to God. Maybe I'm talking. You know, a couple, you, guys laugh, you guys don't laugh enough. Some of you need to get out the house more. Quarantine's almost out. You can walk around your neighborhood. Come on, right? Listen what it says in the message. 2 Corinthians 3.16. I like this. I like this. Pull this in. Message Bible, right? Whether through, whether though, I'm sorry, whether though they turn their face God, as Moses did, God removes the veil, and they are what? Face to face. They suddenly recognize that God is a living personal presence, not a piece of chiseled stone. And when God is personally pleasant, pr present, a living spirit, that old, what? That All that le legal legislation is gone and obsolete, and we're free of all that nonsense. All of us, what? Nothing between us and God, his face shining with the brightness of what? We've seen the shining of his face, and so we are transfigured much like that, the Messiah, living live, lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives. We become more like him. So how about this? We got to let God come on in. I said all that to say this. You know, you all know what that means. Second Corinthians 3.18 in the King James. If you want to read it in the King James, could we pull it in the King James? The message just reads a little bit more, but I want you to see this thing. Second Corinthians 3.18 in the King James. I want you to see this. We're changed into the image. Amen. But we all would open face what beholding in the glass the glory of the Lord are changed into the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. We're changing the image of God the more we look into the Word of God. Amen. And that starts taking root. Amen. And I'm going to tell you what, that's huge. If God delivered us out of everything instantly, we would never reach our highest potential. Write that down. You're never going to reach your highest potential if God just delivered you out of everything. You ever think about that? If God just came in and pulled you out, how in the world are you going to grow? You got to go through some stuff, amen? Listen to this. I was thinking about some stuff. 
and I'm going to kind of talk to you about it. This is so important that you really pull this in. And I, wa- I want us to go to the book of Daniel, and I want us to go to Daniel chapter, chapter 3. And we're going to keep this text for a while. I might even actually expound on this next week. I want you to look at Daniel, the book of Daniel, amen, chapter 3. And I want you to see something here. And I'll, I'll tell you what, I think this is good. Daniel, everybody say Daniel chapter 3, verse 10. You know what that's about? That's about Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Glory to God. And one of the things I want to see, and we're, we're, for time's sake, I don't want to read like a ton of this, but I've been thinking about this. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego had a great opportunity, amen, where they could either choose to get out or choose to get in. Look at Daniel chapter 3, verse 10. Look at this. Look, it says, Thou, O king, hast made a decree, look, that every man that shall hear the sound of the cornet and the flute and the harp and sackle and pastry and the music shall fall down and worship, okay? And this is what I want you to keep going. Verse 11, we'll go. And, and whoever didn't bow their knee, y'all know the story. So Dan, Daniel, Daniel is in the spot with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the Hebrew children. And what happens is this, just for time's sake, Nebuchadnezzar throws this law out and basically says, look, I made this golden image and everybody needs to bow down and worship it. And if you don't bow down and worship it, you're in trouble and decree will be you'll die, basically. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, through the whole Daniel chapter 3, and we can go in another time, they basically say, we're not going to bow down and worship some false idol. We're not going to do it. We refuse to do it, right? And I said, we ain't doing it. They took a stand not to, okay? And here's the key story about it. And y'all know what happened. It says that, well, the king, Nebuchadnezzar, said, well, if you're not going to bow down and worship it, you're going to have to be burned in the fire. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego got stuck in the fiery fire. So much so, it's so hot that the guards that got near the fire wind up dying, amen? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego staying in the fire. Well, they don't get burned, they just walked through the blaze like nothing happened. And King Nebuchadnezzar, when he looked in, said, man, he said, there's, a, there's somebody else in the fire. And that picture of that fire was what the, well, they said, and it looks like the Lord. Amen. And y'all know the story, but here's what I want you to know. Jesus never said you weren't going to go through the fire, but he promised that he'd be in the fire with you. Amen. Think of that and write that down. That's important. The reason why is this. God works in trouble. He works in uncomfortable situations, and God, God is not going to leave you where you're at. That fiery furnace. In the scripture, these three Hebrew teenagers wouldn't bow their knee to the king's golden idol. The king was so furious, he threatened to have them thrown into a fiery furnace. The teenager said, king, we're not worried. We know our God will deliver us. This made the king even more angry. He had guards turn up the fire seven times hotter than the normal. Why did God have the king make the fire even hotter? I'll tell you what, I think God wanted to see an even bigger miracle. Amen, glory to God. He wanted the odds to even maybe be more against these guys. The fact is this, God could have kept them out of the fire. He's God. He parted the Red Sea. He opened the eyes of the blind. He had no problem with what? Pulling off miracles. But God doesn't deliver us from every fire. Sometimes he'll take you through the fire. And the good news is this. God knows how to make you and me fireproof. 
That is the most important thing you can get is this. How many of you say, well, I don't want to go through this stuff? Well, guess what? Some things you got to go through so you could just become fireproof. The stuff that used to burn me three months ago, don't burn me no more. The stuff that used to burn me a year ago, you know, I had a thought, and it was kind of crazy when I thought it, and I wrote it down, but I said this. Maybe we need the fire just to burn off some stuff that we need to get rid of. Come on, amen. Maybe I need to stay in the fire just so I could burn off some of that inability. Maybe I need to stay in the fire just to burn off some of that stuff, that wrong mentality, amen. Like, you know, you know how you do. You get in this stuff and you go, oh, God, why am I here? Or, oh, God, why did you leave me here? Or, go, oh, God, why did you do this? Or, oh, God, why am I in this mess? Or, oh, God, you know, you, sometimes we all become a little bit of a baby, not, not being mean, you know what I mean? Like, oh, God, I don't like this season. Oh, God, how many? you know sometimes the fire kind of burns off some of my wrong ideas sometimes the fire burns off some of my wrong confessions of my mouth amen how come you know sometimes the fire brains that burns off some of them wrong mental perspectives of what i have sometimes the fire what lights a little fire on my rear and gets me going in the direction i need to go amen did he just say that in church yeah i said it in your house too right sometimes it's the fire that gets me motivated to get out of my uncomfortable situation that I don't want to stay where I am. Sometimes the fire gets me praying a little bit more than normal. Sometimes the fire gets me confessing the word of God. Sometimes the God uses the fire of life to get me stirred up so I can press into the things of God. Maybe if it was just a cool breeze, I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. But the fire has put me in a place where I start activating what I should activate. I'm telling you right now, these teenagers said this. Well, we know our God will deliver us. That's a statement of faith. Then they said something even more powerful. But even if he doesn't, we're still not going to bow down. Amen? That, that's the kind of people that give the enemy a nervous breakdown, guys. Why is that? When you can say, God, this is what I'm believing for. This is what I'm believing is going to happen. But God, even if it doesn't work out my way, I'm still going to give you praise. My God in heaven. Isn't that the place where we grow, where we stop saying, God, you, you know, this is going to be funny. You say, God, change it. And if you change it, I'll give you all the praise. Right? God, if you fix it. I remember one day I was being a big baby, you know, I wanted to go do something, you know, and I was like, I was in the middle of it and I was doing something. I was a baby, man. I was being a baby. And I, went, and I went, you know, I, I pulled it all out on God, you know, and I was like, well, you know, you didn't do, you know, God, you should do this. And I tried to give him my resume, you know, God, you know, I'm the pastor of the church, you know, I'm, I'm carrying this, you know, cross, you know, I felt like Jesus, you know, I felt like the cross, you know, I'm carrying this cross and, you know, I'm doing all this stuff and I'm dealing with all these people you give me and I'm being, I'm doing good. I didn't hurt nobody. I didn't hit none of them in the head with none. And, you know, I'm, I'm, you should do this, God, you should just do it, you know, and you show up to God with your little, you know, your little work box, you know, here's my works. You know, and I'm, I'm praying, and I ain't doing nothing wrong. And then you start giving them a resume, all the people doing stuff wrong. You don't do that? Y'all lie. You're lying, and you're lying in your house, and you lie before God. You're like, well, you know, and then you start giving them your church attendance record. How many did I? I ain't missed church since 1983. You know, and you start to tell God, like, you know, you just like, you, you just, you're like a real fit. You know, and you're like, and God, I didn't cuss, and you know, you know, you know, you know that mother preachers are cussing. I heard the guy cussing the pulpit, right? And you, you go right down the line, and God's like, okay, are you done? And I'm like, no, I'm not done. I got more. And you just let it all out. 
but you never did that. Okay, so, I, so after I'm done with all this stuff, you know, I'm all done, then the Lord's like, are you done? And I said, man, Lord, I said, you know what? I said, you know what, God, even if you don't move, I'm still going to praise you. Even if it doesn't work out the way I think it should work out, I'm still going to give you glory. What kind of friend would that be that you had that only when it's good they stick with you? What kind of relationship you want to be? What kind of marriage you want to be in that only when it's good everybody's happy? Now, I, I like, man, Pastor Liz, let me get you mad and see if you still love me. Come on, somebody. You know, it's easy to, come on, so, uh, hallelujah. Why do I feel the anointing when I just said that? Well, you guys, why'd you laugh? That's not funny, right? Pastor Liz, you know, can you still love me even when I make you mad? You know what I'm saying? I'm your pastor. Well, I like Pastor Chris. He's so nice. He's a, no, I'm mad at him. I'm going to the church down the block. That's just like 19 churches on this street. You know what I'm saying? I guarantee you somebody went, went I went to one, I didn't, the guy said something I didn't like. I went to the next one. You know they didn't even stop in this parking lot because I'm going to make somebody mad before the night's over. Right. You know what I'm saying? When it's good, everybody loves you. But when you go through some stuff, can you still keep the praise in your mouth? You know, I started thinking about that. I started thinking about this. I remember this, and I felt this. Don't you remember this? Remember when Paul and Silas went through? Woo! I'm telling you what. I started to keep the, I thought about that, right? Think about that. When Paul and Silas went through, what happened? The Bible said this. The Bible said even in the midst of the problem, instead of complaining, they started praising God. I don't know about you, but sometimes I don't need to know everything that's going on. I still just got to praise the Lord. What did Paul and Silas do at midnight? They sang praises unto God. They were beaten. They were in prison. They were following God. And the next thing you know, they had problems. Guess what? How many of you know that's a little bit of fire? How many of you know when you get thrown in prison for doing the right thing? That ain't easy, amen? Instead of getting mad and getting angry and shutting down and just sitting in the situation and stopping, they said what? The Bible said they were laying on the floor. The Bible said there's a translation that explains it, you know, through uh, 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 concordance, they were shackled and laying down. So can you imagine being shackled, laying down on the floor, and like Paul, like, hey, silence, what do you want to do? All those other prisoners here, and they say, I'm going to complain and get mad. How about you? Could you imagine if you were there? I know what some of you'd be doing. It wouldn't be praising God. Paul. I got an idea. You know, some of you be blaming me. Pastor Chris got us here. We went to church, and now we all messed up. They sat there and said, what do you think we should do? I think we should, half of you be complaining. I think, you know you'd be complaining all the way there. Like, I'm serving God. Paul said, I know what we should do. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. Victory today is mine. I was guy on the block saying, shut up, go to bed. Victory is mine. Victory is mine. I said, what you praising God? These guys started a sing song. Why? Because they didn't look at the circumstances to tell me whether their God was worthy of praise. They said, well, my God's worthy of praise no matter what the circumstances look like. Guys, are we inviting God into the jail cell like Paul and Silas? Some of you are not in a physical prison. You might be trapped in a mental prison right now. Are you inviting God and the praise of God into your mental boundaries right now? Are you inviting God into that marriage that doesn't look like it's working right now? Are you inviting God into that situation that don't look right right now? Are you inviting God into that house where it looks like the kids are all over the place? Are you inviting God into your living? 
clearing room so he could get some praise for being God. And no matter what takes place, just like Shadrach and Amendigo, what? I know my God will deliver it, but even if he doesn't, I'm still going to go through the fire. Why? Because I'm going to invite him into my situation. And if God be for me, ain't nobody in the world could be against me. Glory to God. That's the mentality we got to have. And that's what I'm saying about the fire. It ain't always going to be easy, but you got to invite God in. That's so important. You know, some of the things I was thinking, when God came in the fire with them, remember this, instead of complaining about the fire and instead of getting mad about the fire, why don't we start inviting God into the fire? When he's with you, you cannot be defeated. You and God are a majority. He's a supernatural God. He's not limited by the fire, by the floods, by the famines. What should you understand? That life might not be easy, but if you start inviting God in, he's going to make you able. One of the things you need to see here is this. I think this is so important. It's interesting that God didn't say, I'll keep you out of every fire. And he didn't say you won't have to face any fire. And he didn't say you wouldn't have to face any obstacles. He said, no, challenges are going to come. There's going to be adversity and things we don't understand. But the whole key is this. I'll be with you in the fire, I'll be with you in the flood, and I'll be with you in the famine. Look at Isaiah 43.1. I think uh, it's in, I think that's the message. I'm not sure. I, I didn't really tell you guys that. Isaiah 43.1, but now God's message, that part right there, it might be. I don't know. They can figure it out. Angela's doing a great job. But now God's message, is that it? Yeah. The God who made you. In the first place, Jacob, the one who got you started, Israel, don't be afraid. I've redeemed you. I've called your name. You're mine. Listen to this. This is so good. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. You see that? Man, you got to read this slow. Look up there on the screen. If you're at home, write this down, right? It's the message, isn't it? I think it is. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. You ever been there? Man, I'm so far over my head, I don't know what to do. Invite God in. He got no problem being in that position. He's been there before. Come on, he can help you. Look what he says here. When you're in over your head, I'll be there with you. When you're in rough waters, you'll not go down. When you're what? Between a rock and a hard place, it won't be what? A dead end. Because I'm your God, your personal God, the holy of Israel, your Savior. I paid a huge price for you all. All of Egypt with rich crush and sebi and thrown in. Watch this. That's how much you mean to me. That's how much I love you. Man, you see that? Did you get that? I'd sell off the whole world to get you back. Trade the, the creation just for you. My God, don't be afraid. I'm with you. I'll round up all your scattered children and pull them in from the east to the west. Man, is that not good news or what? Here's my question. Are you trying to get out of something that God is trying to get you to go through? You ever think of that? Is God, God, am I trying, God, am I trying to get out of something that God is trying to take me through? Can you imagine the children of Israel if God just didn't, oh, don't worry about it, you don't need no Red Sea experience? Look at the faith that's gained when you learn to go through. If everything just went away, what kind of faith would you gain? If God just did little things. 
Are you fighting the process? It's not fair, God. I can't take it anymore. Everything will change if you guys remember to start inviting God in. Instead of worrying about what you got to go through, invite him in and watch him carry you through. Everything will change if you start inviting God into the fire. He's already promised he'll be with you. Maybe he's just waiting for your invitation. Do you ever think of that? God, I can't take, you ever been there? God, I can't take it no more. Have you invited God in? God, I can't mentally go through this anymore. Have you invited God into your mental arena? Have you invited God into the areas of life that you seem like you can't take it anymore? You know what? I'm going to say something, and I don't want this to seem to be negative, but guess what? Maybe you can't take it anymore. He never asked you to take it. He said, give it to me. Cast your cares unto me, for I care for you. Maybe our dependency doesn't need to be in ourselves, but maybe our dependency needs to be in God. Maybe it's time we start walking. You know, one of the things I started thinking about was this. If I could keep a right attitude as I go through, I think I could come out on the other side with greater victory. The right attitude is this, God, I know you're going to bring me out of it. But in the meantime, I'm asking you to come into this challenge. Heal me. Take care of these things. Maybe you're going against some physical trials in your life. Maybe you're going through some depression or maybe you're going through some stuff. When I invite God into my difficulty, I'll feel him and breathing into the situation, giving me direction, empowering me, and enabling me, and favoring me to be victorious. I want you to look at Psalm 23 and 4. David said this. He said in Psalm 23, 4, he said, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because you're with me. When you know God is with you, when you know you've invited him into your situation, you'll have a smile in the middle of that difficulty. That's the key. That's what happened with Paul and Silas, remember? They sang praise even though they had problems. You're going to be able to sing praises unto God even though you're in some situations that seem like there's some overwhelming problems. I want you to know without a shadow of a doubt, God is able to get you through this stuff. So here's some takeaway things I want to ask you, and I'm going to give you some more scriptures, but I don't want to give you too, too much because I want you to start applying this. Number one, what areas of God does he need to be invited into your life? Just think about that right now. Kind of reflect upon it. What areas does God need to be invited in? Where should you invite God in? I don't know about you, but I ask myself this question all the time. Where do I need to invite God in? Maybe it's your marriage. Maybe it's your finances. Maybe it's your physical body. Maybe there's some things right now you say, maybe it's your thought life. Maybe there's an area of your relationships. Maybe it's with your family. Maybe it's with your friends. Maybe there's some area you need to invite God in. One of the things I think is this, what attitudes need to change? Just write these down. What attitudes need to change? What new thought patterns of life do I need to have? What do I mean by that? Have you invited God in to change your attitude? This is what's so important about this today. God needs to be invited in. We would take this almost like a thing like, oh, you know, I don't, I, well, you know, God just is going to do it. God is never going to overimpose his will in your life. He's not going to do it. You got to invite him in. You got to invite him. You got to invite him into your character. You got to invite him into your mind. You got to invite him into your life. You can't just say, oh, you can't just take for granted God's going to come in and start tinkering around with your head. He's not. You got to invite him in. You got to invite God into your love walk. Amen? Because just because you got the love of God, you're not just going to automatically walk in the love of God. You got to program yourself to walk in the love of God. You got to program yourself to do the things of God. You know, I got news for you. Sometimes in life, it might seem as you, you, listen. 
Sometimes trouble might just show up, but if you invite God in, he's going to make you bigger than the trouble that you face. I think that's one of the most important things we could see in the life of the believer. Listen, living in the fire is inevitable. Making it through with the glory of God on you, that's an opportunity. What do I mean by that? Having God's presence in the midst of these storms, that we're, I'm going through the trials of life. You know, First Peter even says this, it says, don't think this fiery trial is some strange thing. It's trying to come and try your faith. Funny how he calls it a fiery trial. He said this, he said that the enemy puts us through fiery trials to try our faith, to try to come against what we know to do. How many of you know the only way to make it through the fire sometimes is invite God into it? Amen? Have we invited him into the areas of life we need to? Have you invited him to come on in? You know, one of the things I thought was really, really, really helpful in this is I thought about, Sha I tried to picture Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Here they are, just some Hebrew children trying to do the right thing in this season of life. And here comes this King Nebuchadnezzar with this great demand that if you don't bow down and worship what I tell you to worship, if you don't do what I tell you to do, well, you're going to be burned in the fire. Wouldn't it have been easy to compromise? Wouldn't it have been seem like so much simpler? Like, why do we stand for this cause? Let's just go along with it. But they said, no, there ain't no way we're doing that. And they do what? They wouldn't compromise. And basically, just thinking that it would cost them their life, they still were bold enough to know this, that if God delivers us, great, but if God doesn't deliver us, we're willing to die for what we believe. And in the midst of this thing, instead of Jesus just giving them a theory of who he was, he got right in the fire with them. I don't know about you, but that must have been a shock. You know, it was so much of a shock that if you read the story in Daniel chapter 3, you see that it changed everybody. Because they said, man, if the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego could let these guys walk through the fire and live, we want to serve the God that they serve. One of the things you're going to start seeing is some of the stuff that you go through isn't just for you to go through and claim victory. It's other people are going to see the victory that's on you and become a partaker of the victory that you partake of. Amen? Your life's going to be a witness. You know, some of the stuff that should have knocked you out didn't knock you out and other people are watching and say man if they can live through that you know i thought about people in the church some of you guys have gone through great sickness and great disease and it looked like man it was over somebody else would have just quit and packed it in but you had the resolve to say no god's going to be with me and god's going to give me victory and you overcame stuff that other people couldn't overcome. And because of your testimony of your victory, amen, other people are looking at you to find strength because if you went through it, they can go through it. Some of you sat in the middle. This is not just not fabricated. Some of you sat in the middle of divorce saying, man, we ain't going forward. I don't even care. I mean, I could think of testimony and testimony in this building where people said, that's it. We're done. We're packing in. No more. And the next day, God intervened in this situation. You know, I heard a story it was powerful. Real dear friend of mine, really good buddy of mine, um, his mom and dad were on the end, a verge of a divorce. Great ministry. Guy's got a huge ministry in the earth, and I'm not going to mention no names, but I never forget the story. He said to me, he, he, said, he said, Pastor Chris, he said, I was sitting in the back seat of the car, and my mom and dad were fighting, and we knew it was over. And we left, and me and my brother went our merry way, and my mom and dad, they drove away, and my dad said, that's it. I can't do this no more. And left the mom at the house with the kids, and he drove away. And I 
said, what happened? He said, my dad said that while he was driving in the car, he felt the power of God come on him. And God spoke to him and said, you need to stop what you're doing and stop this nonsense. And God intervened. And the man of God said this. He said to his son, he said, it felt like the glory of God. Years later, he testified about it. He said, it felt like the glory of God came in the car. Amen. How many of you know in the middle of a fire, God can show up? Amen. Just when it looks like everything's falling apart, one minute, God can just show up in the midst of it. And I said, well, what did he say? He said, he said he just started weeping and crying. He felt the fire of God come on him. It's funny how he said the fire of God. That's the power of God. Jesus said, I'll baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. Amen. Sometimes the fire of God isn't a negative. We think like, oh, I'm going to have to go through the fire. I'm going to have to go through the pain. I'm going to have to go through the famine. I'm going to have to go through the flood. I don't know about you, but if Jesus is in the fire, that's where I want to be. Amen. If Jesus is walking on the water, that's where I want to be. Glory to God. Listen, just like you faced some great obstacles and overcame, your life is a living witness to other people that if God saved your marriage, he could save that marriage. If God healed your body, he could save their body. If that kid turned it around and served the Lord, this kid could turn around and serve the Lord. I don't know about you, but some of you got some fire testimonies. Amen. And now you come out fireproof. Glory be to God. Why? Because I'm not going to be burned by the flames, and I'm not coming out smelling like smoke. Amen? I thought about that today as I was thinking about it. Them little fiery, fiery guys, they went in there, they come out, they didn't even smell like smoke. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but if you could go walking through this stuff, what does that mean? That means that even though you're going to go through the trials of life, you're going to come out not touched by the flames. That means none of the effects of the trials are going to affect you. That means if you got to go through a season of of oppression and maybe depression in a heart. You're not going to come out on the other side broken or or, or, or or lacking or missing anything. You're going to walk right through the fire and come out complete and whole, entire, wanting nothing. This might be a tough season. I'm talking to you, but I got news for you. If you could just hang on and invite Jesus into the situation, he's going to pull you out on the other side. I thought of a story in the Bible today when I was thinking about preparing for this. You know, Jesus came walking on the water in the middle of the night, and they didn't know who it was. They're like, Jesus, who is this? And he said, well, it's me. And y'all know the story, Peter sunk in the lake, but one time Jesus got in the boat, and they went immediately to the other side. Do you remember that story? Jesus showed up in the middle of the storm, and he got in the boat, and they went immediately to the other side. I got news for you today. I'm prophetically declaring something. I got a funny feeling that if you invite God into the situation right now, he's going to take you right to the other side. He's going to supernaturally sonically speed up the process and bring you to the other side. Instead of you sitting in the mind, I see some of you sitting in the fire. You're making s'mores for crying out loud. You better get off the s'mores and you better understand how to supersonically succeed to the other side. You over there singing at the campfire. Kumbaya, my Lord, kumbaya. You better put out that stupid thing and you better tell God, come into the fire and let's get to the other side. Don't waste the process, amen. Let the flames burn what they got to burn. If there's opposition, learn how to be an overcomer. But remember this, and I want you to know this. Listen, am I inviting God into the situation or am I just hanging on in my own strength? Invite God into your situations. Listen, I'm going to leave you with this. I think this is so strong. Listen, too often, too often, we start putting conditions on God. Too often, God, I'm going to be happy 
Now, you better get this. It's important. God, I'm going to be happy. If you do this, I'm going to be happy. Guys, we got to learn to be happy right in the middle of the fire. Amen? God, if you, if you change this, oh, my life's going to be great. Or God, if you do that, I'm going to be excited about it. Or if God, you move this, or God, you do this, or God, you do that, or God, you do. Now, how about if God just stays right where he is? And you just got to say to yourself, God, you know what? I might be walking through the fire, but no matter what I'm walking through, when you get this thing out of my life, then I'll have a good attitude. Have you ever thought God may be using some of these situations to help you grow? Maybe he's using some of these situations to develop a character, teach you to walk in love. You know, it's funny. We were talking about the other day. Why do I hear my critics? So I can learn. I asked the Lord that a long time ago. Like, if people are talking about me, why does it always come back to me? You know what I'm saying? I had people talking about me all over the country, and they would come back to me. I was like, my God in heaven, this is great. Why do I got to hear? And I asked the Lord, I said, why do I got to hear my critics? He said, if you didn't hear your critics, you couldn't grow in love. If you didn't have obstacles, how would you know this stuff would work? Instead of, instead of praying, God, get me out of the situation, I'm asking you to start praying, God, come into the situation. Help me have a good attitude. Help me do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening. My God, that'll preach right there. How about this? Just write that down. Help me do the right thing when the wrong thing is happening. Man, that is so powerful. It's very powerful when you could say, God, if the situation never changes, if, my, if the people around me never get, you know, to go to heaven early, that was funny. You should have laughed. If, if, if <laughs> did you not get that? Did you not? I, I'm so deep in my prophetic moment right here. You, you can't, can't pay attention. All right, it's all right. Let me get my jokes all over again. You know what I'm saying? Some of you pray those with the Lord. I used to have this, I got this lady. She might be watching. I hope to God she's not. But she prayed this prayer one time. I thought it was a psalm. I didn't know what it was. She goes, she goes, Pastor Chris, I, I had people, they were, they, were, they were really, they were supernatural. <laughs> and, and I said, man, these people are weird. And she goes, you know what my prayer is for the people in my life? I said, no. I said, and she prays. She goes, God, may the Lord be between me and thee, and may our paths never meet again. I thought it was a psalm. I really did. I said, is that like a, a Bible? She was praying. You know, she's like, oh, Lord. You know, she was in prayer. And she goes, oh, Lord, may our paths never meet again. May the Lord be between me in thee, and may our paths never meet again. I said, that's prophetic. Is that a poem? <laughs> I laughed so hard. I said, how many got the Lord? <laughs> you don't have that prayer? You know, some of you praying that prayer. Lord, may the Lord be between me and you, and may our paths never meet again. Maybe those prayers might not work. Maybe God, we go, God, even if these people are in my path, I'm still going to be able to rejoice. Are we looking at God maybe too many times and saying, God, if you do this and do that, I know I'll be better. How about we just pray this? God, if nobody moves, if nobody leaves, if my boss doesn't go to heaven early, come on, somebody. <laughs> this is what you're thinking. I don't know why you lie to yourself and say you don't. If this doesn't speed up, if this doesn't go slower, how about the call of God on your life? God, when I step in the first step of calling of my ministry, then I'll be. Invite him in where you're at. Don't worry about where you're going. This is where you can really feel the anointing if you're getting it. 
God, this, no, invite him in that thing. Invite him in that season. Man, I'm in a, I'm in a lonely season. Invite him into your loneliness. I'm in a broken season. Invite him into your brokenness. But God, if you change my brokenness, I'll be better. No, invite him into your brokenness. He'll make it better. But God, I'm lonely. If you just bring my promise, it'll be better. But no, invite him into your lonely. Invite him into your broken. Invite him into your, in, I'm in such a painful season. Maybe some of you are in a season of loss. Maybe you lost somebody you love. Invite him into the loss. Invite him into the pain. You might be walking in your promise. Invite him into your promise. Everything with him in it is better than with him not being in it. This is so true right here. I know you've given me strength to overcome, the power to be happy in the middle of difficulties, and now I'm going to grow through it. Because sometimes God is waiting for us to pass the test before he brings us out. Guys, today, I got a question for you. I'm going to leave you with this. And I, 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 some of you are never going to forget this sermon. It's the truth. It'll stay with you for the rest of your life. If everything's got to change for you to be all right, something's not right. If everything's got to be different for you to be happy, something's not right, guys. If everything, well, you know, if you just, if my spouse just keeps responding, if my kids just, if my job just, if my finances just, if the call of God just, if God just, if this just, stop. Stop it. God, here's where I am. Come into my broken. Come into my pain. Invite him in. The Bible, I got a scripture that says, invite the king of glory to come on in. It's your mouth that invites him in. Invite him into your situation. And your situation can't change. There's no way it's going to stay the same. Can't. That's my, that's my prayer for you. That you start inviting him in to right where you are. Invite you know, I'm going to be real right now. Somebody, you're battling an addiction. Invite him in. You're like, if I could get free of this addiction, then me and God will be all right. No, you got to invite him into that addiction. What am I saying? You're trying to do it in your ability and you can't. Invite him into the addiction. Invite him into the broken. You say, Pastor Chris, I'm fighting battles. Invite him into the battle. That's what you got to do. I invite you in. I can't do it on my own. Invite him in. Come on, let's pray. I'm going to pray for you tonight. And as we pray, you're going to invite him in. And something's going to change forever. Come on. Just right there where you're at. Just take a minute. Get your contract. You need to invite him in. You might got to. There's relationships you got to invite him in. I'm telling you right now. Listen to me. I'm telling you. We're back. There's an anointing in here. To touch you there. We never left this atmosphere. But I knew that if I started getting closer to this thing, it would speed up. This is a breaking moment for some of you. You're going to have to release your faith. you got to release your faith. And you got to expect. You say, Pastor Chris, I'm knee-deep in addiction right now. you got to invite him in. I'm ready to go sign some papers and get out of this. You're going to invite him in. I'm ready to go bankrupt. Pastor, because you don't know the financial money. You're going to invite him in. And when the king of glory comes, he's bringing his presence and his power. 
but you got to get real with God. You got to invite him into your anger. Some of you are angry. Some of you are broken. Some of you are hurt. Some of you are just jacked up. Maybe right now you're oppressed, depressed. You're battling stuff you cannot handle on your own. Don't say make it go away. Make my depression. How many people pray this? Make my depression go away. I don't know if it goes away automatically, but if you invite him in, it can't stay. It can't stay. If you invite them into your broken, if you invite them into your loss, and you invite them into these things, how, what's going to happen? They can't stay. When Jesus shows up, it's got to go. There's no other name greater than the name of Jesus. Come on, invite them into your pain. Invite them into your heart. You say, hey, Pastor Chris, I'm saved. I'm saved, but I got to invite them in. Everybody right now, the sound of my voice, you're watching right now, you're live. I don't care. Stop what you're doing. Tell everybody, chill out. You're not driving. If you're not driving and you can sit still, close your eyes. You're in this building, close your eyes. Lift your hands up and invite them in right now. Invite them. What do I invite them in, Pastor? You invite them into where you're at. Come on in where I'm at. Come on into my life. Come on into my life. If you're battling addiction and you're watching, invite them into that addiction. If your marriage is mad, invite them into the pain. Invite some of you, you've been battling loss. You've been battling grief. Invite them into the grief. He's the king of glory. He's the king of glory. He'll show up with his power. He'll show up with his presence. Invite them in right now. Father, I pray at the sound of my voice. Every one of them right now. Oh, God, there's a fresh anointing in here to meet the needs of your people. Invite them in to the sick. Invite them in. You got to invite them. Say, Jesus, come on in. You tell them right now. You're confessing in your mouth right now. Invite them in. Where do you need them? Come on, right now. Right now, if you need them in the marriage, if you need them in your children, if you need them in your body, you, you got to say it with your mouth. Say, Jesus, lift your hands up and say, Jesus, I invite you in. Jesus, I invite you in. Tell them where. I invite you into this relationship. I invite you into my pain. I invite you into this thing. Come on in. I'm giving you an invitation to come on in. Don't make excuses. Invite them in. Father, I pray right now that every year they invited you in, you are going to meet their needs. Father, I tell you, man, I don't want to go through the fire. But if I got to go through, there's nobody better to walk with than you. You promised. You'd be here. Thank you for walking through the fire with us, leading us and guiding us and helping us. We can't do this thing without you, Jesus. We love you, and we praise your holy name. Oh, we praise your holy name. We praise your holy name, Jesus. Thank you for touching each and every one of us. And thank you, Lord, for as we invite you in, you're moving supernaturally. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen, and amen. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Listen, guys, we love you. God bless you. Before we get ready to go, I want you to do this. Hang on. You guys got to know what to do. Amen. Listen, stay updated on what is happening. Really important. This Sunday, we're going to be here for Mother's Day. It's going to be powerful. But I want you to remember this. I know we're going to get ready to go. But I want you to stay updated what's happening here. We can't wait to see you. We're gonna, now, listen, we're going to live by the social distancing thing. You all know. So be on the lookout for the email. It'll tell you everything about the whole event. I'm excited for you. And don't forget what? Invite him into your situations and circumstances. He will change your life. I'll see you Sunday. God bless you. We love you. That's a wrap. God bless. See you soon. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Relevant Live with Pastor Chris. If you are interested in learning more about Relevant Church, we invite you to visit us today at relevantfl.org. And don't forget to subscribe to our channel to hear more messages like this one every single week. And as always, welcome home.